0: Does anyone ever rue the day? Anyone? Sir, sir, have you ever rude the day? Going through your day, things happening, and you rue it, and you think that, and you say it, I rue it, I rue this day. You'll rue the day. I've heard plenty of people say that, you'll rue the day. But I never hear anybody like, man, I rue this day. Well, Maybe not real people, maybe they're just villains or other crappy side characters that say that you'll rue the day. More like rule the day, rule the day, I'll rule the day before I rue it, or ruin it, I would gladly just ruin a day, but rue it. I'm not trying to thicken any sauces of my days, I'm not a cook anymore. Not on the books, but I'm still in the weeds, always in the weeds. Having to deal with people, too much of people, especially trying to get people to do things, could make me rue a day. I want episode 50 to be special, and one of the ways that I thought to do that would be to have a recurring guest, my favorite guest that's ever been on the show, Sylvester Stallone. I had him on a couple of episodes and an additional episode where he just sat in the corner I know all you bean-fueled listeners love to listen to how stupid his face sounds when he's on the podcast. Unfortunately, I was a little too late reaching out to try to get him to do this. Now, my only Sylvester options are somewhat limited. The first one is Sylvester Stallion, which is a novelty act. It is a real horse, not a real stallion, but surprisingly close to Sylvester Stallone. Once the lips and hooves sink up, it's hard to imagine he hasn't actually had a seizure. Or a stroke, since that's what actually happened. And I tear up a little every time he gets to the Adrian Winnie. That's what I call it, when my butt crack just starts to sweat and it's like that gentle glisten. The other Sylvester option is that cat, the one that's suffering succotash. Fun fact, the first special I ever came up with and got to serve to guests in a restaurant was with succotash. It was a cured duck breast cooked medium rare and sliced, served over succotash of roasted red pepper, butternut squash, and red onion. Nestled neatly next to it, a pile of fresh mixed greens from the garden just outside. Dressed in fresh-pressed house olive oil and three local citruses. Drizzled to emulsified perfection vinaigrette. It wasn't that good, but man was it pretty. So, that stupid fucking lispy cartoon cat from Looney Tunes, do you guys want him on the show or Sylvester's stallion? Or we follow this emerging culinary side story. Fuck the cat, fuck the horse with the carrot I was saving for the horse. Hold on, PETA. We're not fucking any animals with carrots. Or at all. We're not fucking animals. We may fuck some vegetables because I'm not as scared of revengetarians. Okay, there's this carrot I had in the fridge I was going to use for something else, but when I heard about Sylvester Stallion, I thought maybe I'd keep it for him. Now, I'm thinking I carved that carrot into a character, a character, a character character, Maybe then I pull the voice from Sylvester, leave the list behind, and see about feeding the carrot to the horse live on air. I give the carrot a peeler so he can start sharpening the bottom of himself into something that may be strong enough to stab the horse. Better yet, I sculpt the carrot into a horse. Or a horse dick. I'm gonna need a bigger carrot. No... No, I'm not getting any more carrots. The Sylvester shit is out. It's done. Are there any Sylvesters in the audience tonight? Get the fuck out. I'm serious. Go. Don't look back at me. Wait. Stand in the corner, Sylvester. You don't get to leave. Stand in the corner. That's where Sylvesters belong. So shirts. I got the other shirts and the gold is good. Not the mountains of gold I'm already making off of them, but the color of gold, the Dunana shoe gold for this particular shirt, I very much enjoy looking at, and I don't typically like that color. It's similar to ASU, but associated with something successful. I had to tweak it again, though, because there was some white in the design that I don't want there. I had to go into the photo editing program and figure out how exactly to do that, then re-upload it on the site that I used to print the shirts, teach myself again how to do the mock-ups, spend an extra 10 minutes fucking that up until I figure it out again, finally get it done right, in both colors, save it to the computer, put it on the site, publish the site, and now it's good, I hope. I want to get better at this shit. I want to do a lot of shirts that I've had ideas for. i got to get caught up on those, and I want to be able to put out new shirts as those ideas come along. When there's a good bid or line or something in an episode, I want the shirt to be available at the same time. Because nobody does that, and that's going to help me with a line of work I think I may be interested in and I'm working toward. I also really want to wear only my brand so that I can finally be the cartoon I've always dreamed of. Not be, like, a fucking plumber or something. Which is a good job I've thought about doing. I'd like to know how to do it. I know I'd be good at it. I've heard the money is good. It's one of those where you have to be a plumber and a teacher, though. You don't just get to plumb. You don't just get to go clear out and suck up somebody's shit or put pipes together. You gotta explain to the person that fucked that up or the person that's having to deal with the person that fucked that up why they fucked it up, how it got fucked up, and what you're doing to fix it. That could make you rue a day. You fuckers, you can carpe diem, but you can't rue a day. I'm going to rue every day this week. I've started writing jokes for the people in my life because I need to write more and get better at writing jokes, and so the people in my life are actually funny and can inspire me, but to fuck with them and to make them really funny to me, I don't laugh at them when they tell me, even when I really like them. It takes a lot to hold it in sometimes, but I just remember how unfunny everyone is when they find out you are trying to be funny. Maybe I'll teach you guys, but if I do, there's going to be a quiz at the end of this episode. If you fail it, you have to stand next to the Sylvester's in the corners. I'm looking for a job, a new line of work, or way of providing for myself and the life I want to live. The podcast is just always now my resume. Until that happens, employers are going to be listening, I know. It's hard. It's hard to find any job. It's even harder to find a job you're willing to work. It's even harder to find a job you're going to work. And it's even harder to find a job you like or are actually good at and appreciated and do well. I have all this random shit that fits into that idea. Like, I know I would be so good at that job where you're the guy that jumps in front of a bullet for somebody. Literally. I don't know how or why that's in me or how to apply it to something better or more realistic that I'm actually going to follow through with doing. It's okay. I'll figure it out. Until then, I'm writing jokes. What am I writing jokes for? Other than the people in my life and the podcast and comedy, what am I writing jokes for? Why? Well, I'm still trying to save Toonan Assassin for later. Hiding knives in bananas? I really ought to stop telling people that, but that's all I really have to say about it. I have so much to say about First Fridays. First Fridays! In Phoenix, on the first Friday of every month, starting last month since the pandemic, they do a art walk, they call it, down in Phoenix. I haven't been in years, and last night was a perfect example of why. It's a fucking shit show, total mess, completely disorganized with uncomfortable people stumbling all around and in the way all the time. You're stressing and stumbling and sweating and struggling to get around with no reward when you do. And now Jesus is everywhere. There used to be one, maybe two guys when you went down there and they didn't even necessarily have, like, a microphone or speaker or anything. But last night, damn near every corner, some guy talking about Jesus. One dude rapping about Jesus. And, like, no art. It used to be me being all pretentious, little arrogant fucking Albert the Artist and just hated the art that I was seeing mostly when I went. But now, all the little galleries and studios that I remembered being on the walk are closed or have been turned into some other type of business. It took a while for me to remember that there was some of that before and that was the reason that I stopped going, but it wasn't that bad. We expected we were allowing for a little error on account of the whole pandemic and everything, but not that bad. We did get to wear our Two Nana Shoes shirts, so that made me happy. I used to tell people that were interested in that sort of thing that they should go, but now I cannot recommend the first Fridays in Phoenix. I did not like it. And I liked the pandemic. I thought that was a good pandemic. It had all the stuff I like and look for in a pandemic. I keep getting frustrated at people trying to blame stuff on the pandemic though. All this shittiness in people and how they're behaving and the insanely absurd out there fucked up shit they're thinking now. And they're still just adding COVID to it at the end. Like, this is when it happened, was in this last year because of the pandemic and because of COVID. All this happened. It just lowered your tolerance and your willingness to control yourself. Shit was already getting bad and heading this way and we didn't have anything to blame and now we do. And we're going to continue to because that's what we do. And there's probably going to be another round of all this. We've been playing the biggest game of truth or dare ever. But really, it's mostly all been dare. The truth is having a hard time out there these days. And those who believe it... For example, I was just trying to explain to somebody recently how the reason you don't see Kamala Harris that much since she's become vice president is she's the one that's always got to wear the Joe Biden suit. This is how it is, and I'm getting old. I'm so old, when I was growing up I had to use my own face for emojis. I'm getting fed up too, on Twitter. Starting to talk mad shit, the kind of stuff that I usually wouldn't post. I'm just going for it now. I tried to tweet some shit, and before I could, Twitter had this message pop up and it was like, Most people on Twitter don't send tweets like this. We're asking people to review replies with potentially harmful or offensive language. Want to take another look before tweeting? It has my tweet there in a little box for me to take another look, and then written below that is a hyperlink that asks, did we get this wrong? Which I'm sure if I had clicked would have taken me to some way to appeal it or something. Or maybe it just tells Twitter they're wrong, and they're like, yeah, you're right, we are wrong because you're the customer. Until they or someone else gets offended by my tweet. That tweet had just been on some shitty spaghetti that I honestly would have said in a professional kitchen, that sauce looks like shit, the fuck is wrong with you. Then I saw this shit from this fucking guy, Bailey Carlin. Burgers should come cut in half, easier to eat, and a beautiful view of a cross-section. Which he had tweeted as a reply to himself when he said, I have a hot take coming in about burgers in a few minutes. Stay tuned. Again, he replies to himself, I know a ton of people just do it themselves, but it's better if the chefs do it with their sharp-ass knife, much cleaner. I'm not sure what compelled this piece of shit to think this was a hot take, but the indignation it ignited in me went beyond the 10 plus years I worked as a cook, or the lifetime I've loved eating food or using my fucking brain to just think about how things should be, or why they are the way they are. There are already a number of places that do serve their burgers cut in half. There is also every single other place that will do it if you request it. But the reason this isn't common practice is because it isn't good. Some people like it, but it is not good. Most places slinging burgers are using the time it takes to get your burger to you to rest the meat. Every step of that process has been as meticulously calculated as each of the ingredients. Put in that place that way at that time for that effect. The warriors and artisans who still have to make burgers, even at a Michelin-starred restaurant, have to do it hundreds of times a day. All fucking day, every fucking day, on top of all the other shit they have to deal with. They know the best way to make that burger, and they know they still have to make it the way that people want it. And most of the time, both parties agree that's not cut in half. Because if that burger was cooked properly, it was cooked on a hot surface that was able to sear the outside of the meat so that it could trap the juices inside of it. It was flipped so that it cooked evenly. It was seasoned generously on just the outside to help create that crust and flavor for the experience when you bite into it. Through the bun, sauce, toppings, and cheese... Even when you've cooked everything perfectly and your knife is as sharp as it can be, when you cut it open, it is still going to lose a lot of its juices. Those juices are immediately going to start ruining the bun, which a good burger place will toast so that that doesn't happen until you bite into it. It's going to leak those juices onto the cutting board where the cook cuts it, onto the plate or box where he places it after that, onto your hands as soon as you pick it up. That fucks up that cook's rhythm when he has to take that extra second to look at, oh, it needs to be cut in half. When he has to take that extra second to set it on the cutting board instead of on the plate or in the box, the extra second to wipe down the cutting board and his knife after he cuts it. The kind of shit that adds up and puts you in the weeds for that night or that week or the four years you've been out of the kitchen and haven't had to cook a fucking burger. For some doofy fucking dork that just wanted some attention on Twitter. They say that if you put a tunana to your ear, it looks like you're talking on a tunana phone. What most people won't tell you is you can use that same tunana as a tunana shoe. And you can wear that tunana shoe or you can put that to your ear and you can hear at the Ocean, or the Tunanashu Shoe podcast, or whatever other crazy shit's floating around in your brain that you probably shouldn't be tweeting about. If you're a potential employer that has made it this far, or maybe just happened to skip to this part of this episode, I'm impressed, and I thank you. If you're one of my regulars, or friends, or someone that connected in some way to anything I said, I thank you as well. Everyone else, fuck you, with a carrot. You'll rue the day. See you next week for a super special 50th episode!